Boss FM Talk, very black. I-T-L-K. Boss FM Talk. Ain't no stopping us. Very black. This is Unmuted Nation with Alex Haynes. This is Boss FM. Tuesday, welcome to Unmuted Nation. I'm Alex Haynes, and this is Boss FM Talk to you in R1. Uh, and we're streaming live in your BossFM.com, or on BossFM.com, in your BossFM rap, uh, app. What's wrong with me today? And in the talk channel, uh, my number, 1-844-UNMUTED. That's 1-844-866-8833. Uh, or Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. That's the best way for you to comment. If you are a little long-winded and you're like, Alex, I don't listen live. I'm listening on the podcast, but I got something to say i will take your comments and here's here's what you do go to the voice note uh or voice memo application in your phone uh if you want to get all technical with it and, and set up your mic and and the thing your, you know your equipment in your home studio you can do that as well but send me a voice note um with your comment it can be a little longer than you know maybe your phone call would be and maybe you can get your entire thought out and so if i if we don't get it on live uh, we review uh your comments and your feedback every single day and so interesting comments make it onto the show, uh, whether it's live um, or sometime later in the week. I just want to see what you're saying and hear your thoughts and some of the things that we've discussed during the week. OK, I got a, a lot of things going on. Um, we're going to jump right into things. Um, as usual, I am a little frustrated with some of the things uh, going on, but that's not new for me. <laughs> so, uh, I will give you uh, some of the headlines that uh, we'll go through. I want to talk a little bit about Versus. I know uh, we were out Monday, and so um, I'll tell you a little bit about my thoughts about uh, how that, how all of that came together. Uh, I think uh, some interesting just community and cultural news are happening. I want to talk a little bit about the Colonial Pipeline hack and how that's affecting you and your different communities and why it's important. I think there's a different angle of this conversation that I have not heard in the mainstream that I think we need to have uh, part of that conversation here as well. Uh, and then we'll talk reopening, right? America's reopening. Uh, and that the allegation is that you are not going back to work. What is the reasoning behind that? Um, there is a worker shortage and uh, is this about wages? Is this about the work? Uh, or is this about truth, right? Are we, is there a reckoning that we're facing right now? And um, I believe you and I are pop, probably part of that reckoning. What is the reckoning? Why does it matter? Why is it important for us to kind of pay attention to these details? And um, I may even give you a viable clapback, you know, for some of the, the rhetoric. I think it hits me right at home because I fit that uh, quintessential stereotypical millennial mold that uh, the society has tried to craft to make us seem crass and uh, entitled, which there are pieces of that, sure, but also lazy, unmotivated. And there are reasons, and we'll talk about not only the numbers, but how we can kind of correlate that. Before I go too far, uh, we're going to get this party started the way we always do. My number, 844-UNMUTED. That's 844-866-8833. I got just the hit I'm feeling this morning, or the, I mean today. It still feels like morning. Uh, and then I'm back with you in six minutes. All right? 
Welcome back to Unmuted Nation. I'm Alex Haynes. And uh, again, 844-UNMUTED, 844-866-8833, Unmuted Nation. On Twitter and Instagram, uh, if you are wanting to tweet me directly, all right, sometimes there is a filter. I'll be honest about that. Uh, and uh, when you tweet Unmuted Nation, they don't tell me. Uh, Alex Unmuted on Twitter and Instagram. This one, very interesting, very cultural, very nice. There's that... I, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for, but I'm going to go with it. Maya Angelou will be the the first African-American woman on the quarter. So this is pretty significant. Uh, if you you will remember, and uh, I, I talked about this probably ad nauseum and at length, the number of... Uh, Issues that arose after uh, it was decided that Harriet Tubman wouldn't be on uh, the $20 bill that was uh, demolished by the Trump administration. But the uh, incomparable poet and civil rights activist Maya Angelou will be one of the first women to have their likeness imprinted on the quarter. Looking down, I feel like I'm going to look down at the quarters and they are going to speak to me. Do not spend... All right, let me see if I can, I can channel my inner Maya. Do not spend this quarter on this. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have it. Um, as part of a new program to honor history-making American women, Dr. Maya Angelou uh, will be featured on a new edition of the Quarter, set to be issued in January 2022. Yo, so first, it's uh, throw me some Harriet's, you know, because uh, obviously, eventually, we'll see her on the twenty-dollar bill. But um, <laughs> I just can't. You know, when I look down on my quarter, you see old white men. Uh, so most people think like the people on the money are all presidents. They're not. Uh, they're not. Benjamin Franklin is on the $100 bill. He was never a president. Never. Never. Um, the U.S. Mint uh, has announced seven different designs in honor of Angelou's contributions. Um, and one portrays Angelou holding a cage in one hand as she knows why the caged bird sings and a black bird in the other. Another design shows Angelou with her arms outstretched against a bird-shaped backdrop. Um, the priceless change in design comes from the U.S. Mint's American Women's Quarters program. The legislation for the program was introduced by Senators Deb Fisher. She's a Republican for, from Nebraska. And Catherine Cortez Masto. She's a Democrat from Nevada. And it passed in 2020 with bipartisan support. So we've all been wondering what the hell has been going on in Congress, what the hell they're doing, uh, and if there is any bipartisan part of our, oh, what is wrong with me? Bipartisan legislation that can pass. More coffee on the break. And this is one. Deb Fisher and and Catherine Cortez Masto presented this legislation and it passed uh, with bipartisan support. Fisher and Cortez uh, wrote a joint statement in USA Today in February who said these past 100 years of suffrage would not have been possible without the work of so many courageous women whose efforts paved the way for many more to make crucial contributions to the history of the United States. Many of these admir admirable women will appear on these quarters starting in 2022. Tamaya so is not the only she's the, the first African American a woman that will appear on these quarters. Sally Ride will also appear on uh, she'll be in the first 20 to appear. Uh, the full list available on our website, bossfm.com forward slash unmuted nation. Um, I thought this was an interesting story. Interesting enough for us to say and, 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 and celebrate this greatness. Maya, I mean Maya, uh, with her most legendary uh, quote that we use amongst each other if someone shows you who they are believe them okay and I think at this point 
what we need to be believing is what we see okay that's gonna take me into my next story uh which um i saw this morning what i want more than anything is these people that mean us no no good like that don't mean well at all just get them out of position right like can we just get rid of that if you were to ask me like alex how do you like your racism i like it honest right i want you to be honest i want you to just be you Okay, show me so I can avoid you and no, and so you know, since all right, this one troubling the head baseball coach at Olath, I guess that's how you say that. Olath, let's go with Olath. Olath North High School in Olath, Kansas has been fired after using the N word towards a black player. He's comfortable enough to call him nigger. Pete Flood was fired from his teaching position and all other employment in Olathe Public Schools uh, Unified School District 233 after being previously suspended. District officials on Friday recommended to its Board of Education that Flood will be terminated and on Monday the board voted unanimously to do so. So, so the first thing that happens to you is you get suspended I guess with you know everyone's innocent until proven guilty. We need due process to find out. Like I'm I'm sure somebody else heard you call this man nigger. I'm I'm, I'm I'm nearly possible. Tony Banks, uh, who's the father of the only black player on the Eagles baseball team, said his son was playing rap music through speakers during batting practice Thursday when the coach allegedly walked up to him saying, we don't play that nigger music over here. We only play country and rock music. You know, I believe this. I believe this 100%. Flood claims that he was not referring to the student's race, but the offensive and derogatory lyrics in the song. So we don't play nigger black music. We also don't play nigger uh, black like because you are black you don't play your music right so i just i don't know but in an email to the kansas city star said never 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 have i ever used the n-word or any other racial slur to address a student player or person in my entire 25 year career in this district nor my personal life i don't believe that at all let me reread that um in pete flood's imaginary voice i'll be pete all right never 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 have i ever used the n-word or any other so fucking ridiculous any other racial slur to address a student player or person in my entire 25 year career in this district nor my personal life i i just i couldn't even read it like pete in his email the now former coach said he told the student to turn the music off flood claims he said turn that off we are not going to play music that says expletive and nigger uh change the song change the artist change the genre i don't care just turn that shit off at this point he turned it off and i continued on to observe the sub varsity practice in my opinion these types of lyrics should never be played in a public venue at a school event flood wrote i deeply regret that i repeated the n-word aloud however i do not regret requesting that a song with such offensive and derogatory language be turned off the voice father disputed flood's account stating that uh, administrators did their own research and they came to the conclusion uh, Banks told the newspaper that he believed that Flood was attempting to derail his son's successful academic and athletic career now this is the this is the conversation right when you're dealing with somebody that says we don't play that nigger music but he's coaching niggers and i'm I'm gonna stop saying it but uh, like you you see where i'm going with this you see you see exactly where i'm going with this so what what gives like like if you are the coach of my son and you are the person that is going to direct or misdirect my son's career i if you if this is how you talk if this is how you refer if you if this is how you you refer to the music quote unquote that he listens to um and let's let's just level set here right the people that are buying rap music are not black people so uh, 
while we could say that this young black boy was playing this music, I am 100% that the team was enjoying it. The racist-ass coach was not. And that's that's where we are. Your thoughts, 844-UNMUTED, uh, 844-866-8833. Um, the father continues, I'm not going to sit back and let him falsely destroy my son. I don't have to sweat because the people who know my son know that's not his character. That is not how he operates. Olay School Board President Joe Beveridge called Flood's actions inexcusable. The school district stands firmly against racism, discrimination, and racial profiling of any kind. It is in direct conflict with the value of inclusivity. That's fine that you have these values. Protect this black family. Your thoughts, 844-UNMUTED. That's 844-866-8833. I'll take your calls and comments, your thoughts, and I will read your tweets when we come back. All right. So my my frustrations with the GOP and what's happening in the grand old old grand old party uh, that represents, you know, a significant portion of the United States of America is that they are ill informed. And and a friend of mine, my best friend, actually used to say <laughs> uneducated people doing uneducated things. Like I can find that from an old show. Um, I would I'll find it and, and use it. I think it's extremely frustrating for people to be uh, bamboozled by misinformation and we live in, a, in an era and a time that information is wide and rampant. I'm going to break these numbers down for you. But my, I've, done, I've done the breakdown on my Twitter account. I will make sure that we, we retweet that on the Unmuted Nation Twitter account so you can get some visibility into what these numbers look like uh, what I'm looking for specifically. Um, uh, but this is happening. Four red states are planning to end uh, the government's assistance and unemployment so that quote unquote people can go back to work. President Joe Biden spoke on this yesterday. Uh, I don't have time to play the clip, but we'll, we'll, we'll summarize and kind of go through what, exactly what's happening so you can understand how this affects you. A growing number of Republican-led states are moving to end the extra $300 a week in COVID-19 pandemic-related unemployment benefits, arguing that the relief is discouraging U.S. workers from rejoining the labor force. Now... Uh, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves, a Republican, said in a statement Monday that it has become clear to me that we cannot have a full economic recovery until we get the thousands of available jobs in our state filled, uh, adding that the benefit will end next month. The purpose of unemployment benefits is to temporarily assist Mississippians who are unemployed the, through no fault of their own. Reeves directed the state to enforce all eligibility requirements to receive unemployment benefits, a process that was waived during the pandemic. Arkansas, South Carolina, and Montana Montana have also announced that they would end the program within the next month. A disappointing April employment report found that the economy gained only 266,000 jobs. We talked about that last week. Despite widespread forecasts that the number would top 1 million and that the report would show strong payroll growth after widespread vaccination spurred Americans to return to activities like dining out and traveling. The unemployment rate rose from 6% to 6.1%, which was also contrary to expectations, but still down from a peak of 14. 8% in April 2020, the highest level since the Great Depression. The United States Chamber of Commerce blamed the $300 a week federal benefit for the sluggish report. However, uh, and they, they said the disappointing jobs report makes it clear that paying people not to work is dampening what should be a stronger jobs market. Uh, and that's a conservative business lobbying group. Now, the White House also clarified on Monday that workers may not turn down a job due to a general non-specific concern about COVID-19 and continue to receive benefits. 
Biden says, I know there's a lot of discussion since Friday report, Friday's report that people are being paid to stay home rather than go to work. We don't see much evidence of that. And that's not true. If you think about the people that are out of work and you may know one or two people that are collecting unemployment, uh, but you don't even know what they did. Most likely they were some type of bartender or artist. And you have to consider the types of things that require people to go back to work. The average person has a commute of over an hour to work. So how, what is that? What we have right now, uh, a, a sluggish childcare market. People do not want to keep children. Uh, daycares have limits on what they will keep. Some school districts are still closed. There are parents that cannot work because they cannot work from home. So there are tons of things that kind of contribute to this. Uh, I really hope I'm looking at this time. I, I don't know if I'll have time to break it down, but we're going to, we're going to get through this. Biden continued. We're going to make it clear that anyone collecting unemployment who is offered a suitable job must take that job or lose their unemployment benefits. Governor Greg Gianforte, a, Rebel, a Republican, announced last week that the state will end the enhanced pandemic unemployment benefits next month. And he's the governor in Montana and offer a $1,200 bonus for unemployed workers who return to work. Uh, he says Montana is open for business again, but I hear from too many employers throughout our state who can't find workers. We're actually, you know what? I'm going to convene the cabinet because we're going to talk about this later in the week because there are other reasons that people aren't returning back to work and, and blaming unemployment for people like if they're making enough on unemployment to sustain their lives and live, uh, you know, nine times out of 10 people that are living off of unemployment only are in poverty. And if you were in poverty before unemployment came, you're still in poverty. So the problem may be poverty. And, and the problem, the problem to me sounds like the system. Um, uh, South Carolina governor Henry McMaster, uh, also announced last week that the state would end the federal pandemic unemployment benefits for its residents next month, calling them a dangerous federal entitlement. Uh, South Carolina's businesses have borne the brunt of the financial impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Like this is, this is where I take issue with government where you value a, a, a business or a corporation or an operation over humanity when you value that over people. It's extremely concerning. Um, uh, he says that those businesses that have survived both large and small and including those in the hospitality, tourism, manufacturing and healthcare sectors now face an unprecedented labor shortage. People haven't been touring. You know, and people have not been staying in hotels. So, of course, there's a struggle there. The reason that there, it's not a government, what was his word that he used? Entitlement. This is a benefit of being a citizen that you support your community and you support your affected citizens and you keep them alive during a global pandemic. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb, uh, who's a Republican, also said that he has asked the state to complete a demographic analysis of unemployed over the past 16 months before he decides whether or not to continue the the federal benefit. The unemployment rate in Indiana is, is 3.9 percent, which Holcomb said is near pre-pandemic. Levels. He plans to issue an executive order this week to reinstate a requirement that those who claim unemployment benefits must actively seek employment and be available for work. Now, some of, there are other states that have not said that they would stop participating in the federal benefits are also adding this requirement, states like Georgia. A Yale study, for instance, found that expanding unemployment did not dissuade uh, people from seeking work. Judy Conti, uh, a government affairs director of the National 
Employment Law Project, a research and advocacy group, said ending the benefit is ill-informed and cruel. Uh, she goes on to say, I don't know why these governors thought you could just flip a switch and suddenly every business was going to get up and running and every worker back to a job. It's still going to take a while to get people back to work. When you choke off money from the unemployed, you're only going to slow your recovery. That is the fact. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk numbers. I want you to understand how this breaks down, why it breaks down, and why it's an issue. I'm not done with my issue with the GOP. We'll also talk about some <laughs> interesting uh, things going on in conservative media. I want you to hear the clapbacks happening, and I got more of the nation for you in a moment. I promised that I was going to talk numbers, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it as fast as I can. Like I said, we're going to retweet this information so that it's available for you on uh, the uh, Unmuted Nation Twitter account. Uh, we'll try to get it on the Facebook. Uh, we're working with some new resources and uh, just think, things are, we're trying to, we're trying to keep you connected, right? I think it's important to kind of consider, to, to consider these things and it's important that we address these things properly, right? So, uh, let's start here. A lot of people aren't listening to this, but I want to break it down for you, right? First of all, let's talk about unemployment insurance. And the reason that it's called, like, you know, you hear people, especially in our community, I'm on that unemployment, I'm on that unemployment. It's unemployment insurance is temporary income for eligible workers who lose their jobs through no fault of their own. However, you are uneligible for unemployment if you've never worked because you paid for this, right? Unemployment is taken directly from your check. Your state taxes go into an unemployment bank for you. Just in case you lose your job, you have something to get you back on your feet. Now, I'm going to use the great state of South Carolina as referred to by Lady G, uh, the senior uh, senator from South Carolina, uh, Lindsey Graham. And um, the max unemployment Employment insurance in South Carolina is $280 per week. Now, $280. I know you're like, I'm going to do quick math for you, right? We're doing, I'm not, I'm not taking you to trig or, or calculus. Let's do this easily. $280 a week. That's the max, right? So let's say, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you what, what qualifies for the max in just a moment, but we'll start here. $280 a week times four. That's four weeks. Gives you approximately $1,120 a month. All right. So I want you to calculate your rent, your bills. And uh, I'm going to tell you right now that my bills alone cost $1,120 a month in about three, maybe four days. Right. That is a light bill absorbed. My phone bill plus my family. Uh, and then I really have like $20 left. All right. $1,120 a month is $13,440 a year. That is $13,000 a year that you would be making if you were just receiving South Carolina's unemployment for one year. Now, minimum wage, the federal minimum wage in the United States of America is $77.25. So $7.25 is the average, uh, or that's the, 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 the federal minimum wage. Some states are lower. Some states are higher. Um, some some try to make it based on the cost of living. Some are just oppressive as hell and they keep you low, right? But we're going to do that same calculation. Remember the first number, 1120 a month, 13440 a year, 725 an hour, 40 hours a week. In one month is $1,160. Okay. So that's 13,920. So if you're uh, just your full time job is minimum wage, you really made, uh, actually only $20 more if you had been on unemployment that whole month. Unless we have, we're, I'm not even figuring in taxes. These people are taking up about $10,000 a year. I don't, I don't know how you live on that. Uh, and, and Lindsay thinks this is great. Now the federal government came in and supplemented uh, unemployment at the beginning of the pandemic, adding $600, uh, 
per week to anyone that filed for unemployment or that was receiving unemployment. A benefit, definitely, uh, but taxes still do. You would still be in poverty. If they changed it in December, so it changed to 300 per week. So I'm going to do that same calculation. We're going to say someone in South Carolina is getting the max, 280 a week, plus the 300 from the federal government. That's going to be $580, a total of $2,320 a month, which is a total of $27,000 a year. You're making about $28,000 as a person on unemployment in South Carolina. Hopefully that's enough for you to work and pay your bills. And uh, in South Carolina, maybe it is. But $27,840 in most places is still poverty. It just is. Now, if we, I'm going to move this along, uh, along for a second and talk about uh, restaurant workers because the I, I told you what the, the federal minimum wage was but the federal minimum wage for restaurant workers is not the same and so you wonder why sometimes you thought well, that food was nasty I don't need to leave, leave a tip the federal minimum wage for restaurant workers those people that are serving you at, at your restaurant uh, or your food or bringing back taking back uh, your burger that was cooked with butter or some, something that you hate are the federal minimum wage is two dollars and thirteen cents do that with me two dollars and thirteen cents so let's level set about what people did when they could no longer make that two dollars and thirteen cents at the restaurants yeah during the pandemic the restaurants shut down right so there was no two dollars and thirteen cents to make yes Yes, he, she did start, uh, they, they started selling thighs and pies and art brushes on OnlyFans and they weren't paying, they were charging more than $2.13 an hour, right? It's more than $2.13 for my thigh. It just is. No, he's not coming back. She's not coming back to serve reheated, reheated chicken Alfredo for $2.13 and some shitty tips. I would not either. So. Blaming this on the workers not coming back to work for two dollars and thirteen cents for seven fifteen just is insane. Now the argument on the other side, I'm running out of time. I told you I wanted to do this today, so we're we're gonna hit it, but we're gonna come back to this with the cabinet um, later in the week. The kicker for this is blaming the people like that are on un- unemployment like oh they are making too much money to come back to work no the system is broke they were never making enough money in the same place the argument is if we raise the wages if we raise unemployment the standard level of unemployment then we will have to raise the cost of everything else well the numbers don't show the same let's and i'm going to talk inflation the average product costs 99.2 percent more than it did in the year 1990. That's a 20 year span. Is that 20 years? Can I count? 20? 19? <laughs> that's a, that's a 20 year. So from, that's 30 years. 1990, 2000, 2010, 2020. That's 30, 30 years. 99.2%. The minimum wage is, so I'm going to give you some examples. That means in $10 in 1990 would now be Twenty dollars and twenty-seven cents. Five thousand dollars in nineteen ninety is now ten thousand one hundred thirty-three dollars and one cents. Minimum wage in nineteen ninety was three dollars and thirty cents. It is now seven dollars and fifteen cents. It has increased five dollars, while price the cost of things has increased ninety-nine point two percent. Ladies and gentlemen, the problem is not the people on an on 
the people that are receiving unemployment benefits or the people that have been disparaged by this pandemic. The problem is our system. The problem is that's something that we need to look at. I'm taking your arguments, feel your comments, um, you know, and, and PragerU, a conservative uh, for-pay university, uh, says, why are so many young people depressed, unhappy, and angry? Uh, the response was very, uh, just the, the title of an article uh, that is rooted in the information that I just shared with you. Millennials control just 4.2% of U.S. wealth, four times poorer than baby boomers were at age 34. Four times poorer than baby boomers were at age 34. Not to mention that they were born into an era of America realizing it lacked in any exceptionalism. As a child, they went through 9-11 and a endless war. As a teen, total financial collapse, Obamacare, but in 2009, uh, yeah, the year, my month, <laughs> third, fourth year in college, uh, recession, uh, equivalent to the Great Depression, uh, adult, Trump, first ever pandemic of this nature, and that is just... You know, that is not taking into account that you're black um, at all, right? Just interesting. Um, Benji says, boomers have hoarded wealth and made building wealth more difficult for younger generations more than any parent generation before them. That is also true. There is not uh, anyone sharing the wealth. Unmuted Nation. Welcome back to the nation. Unmuted Nation. All right, welcome back to Unmuted Nation. Welcome back to uh, my desk, okay, from the desk of Alex Haynes. Uh, you know, what I have not talked about a little bit, and I guess I'll go here. Um, Donald Trump went all the way back to the year 2006 and launched a website, not a social media platform, not anything innovative, not anything that's going to tell you something or give him the ability to do something that we did not have the able ability to do in 2006. And he launched a website on his website called uh, From the Desk of Donald J. Trump. Like, excuse me, I needed to take a a, a drink of Hennessy for that. Um, no. I don't know one person. I don't, no one has even sent me a screenshot of what he's posting. Um, if you missed it last week, Facebook somewhat let, uh, held up their ban against him joining their platform. Twitter's ban was indefinite. YouTube's ban was indefinite. Uh, Facebook created their own sort of Supreme Court to decide whether or not he could come back. Um, oh, and you know what? I wasn't even talking about this. I must have... I'm a, my, my, my ear must be to the streets because, uh, in the headlines, this one from NBC News, I was just going to give you my thoughts on it. I didn't really know if anyone had recognized that no one cares. I was telling people, um, a, a few things when his presidency was ending. Not only was I overjoyed, like joyous, like, uh, like leaping for joy, like jumping out of seats, um, like blowing bubbles, like acting like I was a child, um, you know, to find out that he would not be with us. I, I had to remind people that the presidency elevates you and elevates your voice in, in ways that nothing else does. Yes, social media can amplify you. Yes, social media, uh, and, and, and I'm not, I do not, while I, I am a proponent of free speech, you take dangerous people out of play, right? Dangerous people should not have the ability to uh, talk to everybody in the world. And if it was my damn platform, then Donald Trump's ass would have never been on there in the first place uh, as the president, right? You, you, you be the damn president and you sit behind your damn desk and you give commands and you tell people what to do and you use a pre press secretary to get the word out. Um, 
This reporting from NBC, Trump's blog isn't lighting up the internet. I know that it wasn't going to because when you lose the presidency, you lose your, like, first of all, he's, he's 75, right? And I, 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 Sometimes I put myself in, in precarious situations and every once in a while I sit and watch Fox News. If there's a show that I'm going to watch, I'm going to try to watch the show that they claim has some balance. It's called The Five and it comes on at five in most, in most, uh, most areas. Uh, I watch it at five Eastern. Sometimes there's one black dude on there, Juan Williams. He is mistreated by the people there constantly, but not only do I not feel like, um, Juan needs to be there, there's a, uh, I'm not going to mention the man's name, but there's a man on that, that panel show that said, you know, he, Donald Trump was the nation's cab driver. It, it's like you were, he would, you were getting in the car and he was saying, like this, this, these, these dog whistles and that, that speak to these white conservatives. Like, yeah, it's like I went to New York and my taxi driver was just saying whatever the hell he wanted to say. No, your taxi driver is shouldn't, is not the leader of the free world. Your taxi driver does not have the fate and the destiny of thousands of lives or the future of generations um, in his hands, right? So that's why Donald Trump, I think that, that was a great analogy that he used, that we had a cab driver for a president for four years. Uh, social media data collected by NBC News found little engagement with the Post, which hints at the effectiveness, uh, effectiveness of uh, his deplatforming. Listen, you can call it what you want. If he wasn't canceled, he canceled himself. He incited a riot, and then he get, told the people... To they were damn patriots and he said that he loved them those are things that he did before our eyes whether the republican party wanted to wants to acknowledge it or not that's what happened um i'm actually not giving this story any life if you're hearing it here you didn't see me post it because i'm not i don't i'm not trying to bring life to something that's dead like the hell with donald and i mean that Give me that. My girl, give me, and I mean that. Um, I wanted to share this reporting with you because it's important to understand that, yeah, life does go on when people like Donald Trump don't die. But we can have a democracy, right? How mo Most of you have not even heard one speech that Joe Biden has given since he's been in office. Has he been giving them? Yes. He, he absolutely has. Um, I am not even going to lie to y'all. I, it, he, I, I check out and get the cliff notes. There's not been a time uh, in my career that I, I have actually been able to check out from, from the president's, but I, I check out. Now, four months after, uh, Donald was banished from all those mainstream platforms that I just told you about, he returned to the web last Tuesday with his From the Desk of Donald J. Trump, essentially a blog. Um, a week after the unveiling, social media data suggests things are not going well. The ex-president's blog has drawn a considerably smaller audience than his once powerful social media accounts, uh, did, according to engagement data compiled with BuzzSumo, a social media analytics company. The data offers a hint that while Trump remains a political force, his online footprint is still dependent on returning to Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, which we ain't having. Okay, um, we're not we're not having that. The ex-president's blog, uh, the from the desk of Donald J. Trump, is limited. Users can't comment or engage with the actual posts beyond sharing them to other platforms. And action few people do uh, because he's not popular. Not even in Republican polling, they are having to like. Uh, like literally destroy and bury the the results of their polling that people in their party that they're building their platform on they don't even like the man um his new blog has attracted little than uh a little less than uh over 212,000 engagements to find its backlinks social interactions 212,000 
he can get 212,000. That, I mean, that's the entire blog. That's all of the posts that are there. And you know, he talks all damn day. He could get 212,000 likes on one post. Um, and that's 212,000 engagements on the entire blog across Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and Reddit. Before the ban, a single Trump tweet was typically liked and retweeted hundreds of thousands of times. I, I'm giving you the reporting without reading the report because I could have wrote this report from my head. I, who gives a damn? I'm moving on from this. Uh, if you are interested in, um, what Trump's thinking from the desk of Donald Trump is a blog that you, you, you can actually subscribe to. Go to his website. Uh, I, I heard that the Republicans were saying Google is, uh, is hiding it in search results. No, it's going to come up. It, it's going to come up. And yeah, that's that. Uh, the pipeline shut down. We talked a little bit, a bit about it yesterday. We're going further in it and, and in further discussions. It's not just affecting. I am really upset about you people that are hoarding gas and showing up to gas stations with multiple gas cans. You're selfish and rude and you are horrible global citizens. You're terrible, right? Stop that. Um, but the pipeline uh, shutdown uh, that we kind of talked about in depth yesterday is starting to affect airlines or airports that cannot get jet fuel, which in turn is going to affect airlines, which is in turn going to affect flight prices. And that is you getting your best bay life, vacation life over the summer. We'll talk about that coming up in the next break. My number one eight four four unmuted. That's eight four four eight six six eight eight three three unmuted nation on Twitter and Instagram. This one is not going to take you too long. I want to give you the details. This breaking news just a couple of hours ago. This one from the White House. And I'm going to say this. Look, I'm saying a president, right? I'm not saying my president. I'm not saying I love this man. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is what a president is supposed to do. This is what a president of a country, the most powerful nation in the world. Uh, I'm going to tap into my scandal for a second. The, the, the most powerful man in the world, the leader of the free world, you know, on the Olivia shit. Uh, president Joe Biden is set to announce additional initiatives to get America vaccinated and hopes of meeting his goal for 70% of U.S. adults to have at least one vaccine shot by the 4th of July. The White House said Tuesday that new initiatives include free rides to vaccination sites from Lyft and Uber, vaccination clinics at community colleges, and additional resources for states. The free ride program will launch in the next two weeks and run until July 4th. The White House said people will be able to select a vaccination site near them on either the Uber or Lyft app and then follow the directions to redeem their free ride. Community colleges nationwide are also set to begin hosting vaccine sites. Community colleges with high enrollment will partner with pharmacies to provide on-site clinics for students, staff, and those in the area. The White House said funding will also be immediately available to territorial, tribal, and local governments for community outreach and engagement to connect people to vaccinations. Both Uber and Lyft are already offering some form of free ride programs to vaccination sites. Uber, for example, partnered with Walgreens earlier this year to offer free rides and pledging uh, in December it would provide 10 million free or discounted rides. Lyft announced a similar initiative to offer 60 million Uber, uh, 60 million rides. Uber is also offering sign up bonuses and other incentives for drivers as it faces record demand for rides and meal delivery. This is huge. New York City uh, in tandem announcing a similar program that they will launch in subway stations uh, this upcoming Wednesday, tomorrow through Sunday, you can get a free seven-day Metro card for getting vaccinated at one of the pop-up MTA sites. Do not go get a double vaccination, New York. If you have already been vaccinated, let's not do that. 
<laughs> let's let's not not for a seven day metro card right but these incentives are uh are popping up and i think it's great it's 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 amazing that uh you're getting the opportunity to uh get to protect yourself against a virus that has killed over 500,000 people in this country. It's a tangible thing, right? Are, are there issues with vaccines? Probably so. Is that the focal point or the, 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 the distraction that has appeared to distract you from the facts? Absolutely, right? Should you take it up? Uh, and there are people um that you were trusting this you you said you trusted this pandemic right you trusted the scientists and you thought it was real now trust the scientists on the flip side right be that person take that step get the vaccine vaccine um and some of you are like you know i'm not gonna get the vaccine i'm gonna just wait for herd immunity you are part of the herd immunity you absolutely are like you are the reason um you you are just part of that that process you are what we need your engagement we need you uh and and we would love for you to be a part of that and let's not put this on everybody else right let's not let's not wait and and cause uh uh havoc unnecessary havoc and unnecessary heartache and unnecessary pain and that i want you to be a part of that right i what i and I'm, I'm talking to my community mostly because we are the ones that have been at the higher risk and i'm also hearing from my own community that no i'm not going to get it and i'm not listen i i urge you to live your best life by choosing life and in more instances than not science included but in more instances than not, this vaccine is here to protect you. We'll talk about Broadway reopening and uh, some good things popping, man. I'm just excited. I'm excited. I told my parents I was going to take them to Broadway and then the pandemic happened and then Ticketmaster ran me my money back. Uh, and I'm sure my mama going to be texting me soon because she want to go. All right. 844 unmuted. Uh, I got more for you. So don't go anywhere. It's Boss FM Talk, you and our one. Follow Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Like Unmuted Nation on Facebook. All right, some good news. Let's talk into, uh, well, not, I'll tell you about some things that are, that are happening. Um, uh, so we talked about, uh, my girl, Maya. The FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine, uh, emergency use for children ages 12 to 15. Now, I just went on a little rant about getting vaccinated. Again, ages 12 to 15, your child wants to be safe. Your child wants to play this summer. You want your child out your damn face. Let that child get damn vaccinated. Um, the Food and Drug Administration has granted emergency use authorization of the Pfizer BioNTech uh, COVID-19 vaccine for people in the United States between the ages of 12 and 15 years old. This will become the first COVID vaccine in the country that has been authorized to be used on young teens and adolescents as it was previously only permitted for those who were 16 and older. Moderna and Johnson and Johnson vaccinations are only authorized to be given to those who are 18 and older. Pfizer said at the end of March, a clinical trial involving over 2,200 12 to 15 year olds showed the vaccine's effectiveness was at 100 percent. All right. That's pretty damn good. What else we get 100 percent like effective vaccine? Right. Who, who else, you know, do that? I, I'm, I'm being a little facetious. Right. But I also think that it's an it's important to like take into account that we can like. 
for months. Did were y'all living the same reality as me? We're out here, stop the spread, stop the spread, wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask. Okay? Uh now we really have to do it. According uh to Urban Newsroom, the FDA's vaccines and related biological products advisory committee did not convene to vote on the expansion. However, the US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's advisory committee on immunization practices will meet on Wednesday, uh May twelfth, to advise the CDC on whether or not to use the vaccine on the age group. The FDA's vaccines and related biological products advisory committee uh, has scheduled a meeting for June 10th to discuss the potential expansion of the vaccine to children under 12. Okay, so patients, children, ladies and gentlemen, uh, other good news. Um, yeah, and that, yes, I think that's good news. Um, get Tory Lanez out of my face. I can't get into the Porsche with you. I, I, I'm not doing it, but I will say this. If you are a Porsche, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> just be, just be quiet. Like, just, just be quiet. Um, there were some children in Oklahoma that were removed from class for wearing Black Lives Matter shirts. <sighs> I wanted to talk about DMX, um, album that's gonna be released, uh, uh you know, and uh, his daughter is going to be on that album. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Let's talk about these children. Um, on Friday, eight-year-old third grader Ben Stapleton and his five-year-old brother spent the day in their school principal's office because they were wearing Black Lives Matter shirts to class. The mother, Jordan... Jordan Herbert explained that this was the culmination of a lengthy tug of war her family has been having with the school district. Prior to last week's incident, Stapleton wore a BLM shirt to the school, prompting his PE teacher to single him out during class. Stapleton was told to turn his shirt inside out before he could return to play with his friends. Y'all know he knows nothing about politics or his rights, so y'all make him turn it inside out because you don't like it, Herbert said. In response, she decided to send Stapleton and his two siblings to school in Black Lives Matter shirts, leading to Stapleton and his younger brother being removed from their classes. Having to spend a day in the principal's office resulted in both children missing recess, eating lunch away from their friends, and Ben missed his weekly tutoring. Herbert claims that she called the district superintendent and was assured that these shirts did not violate any dress codes. But Superintendent Kim Holland explained that politically charged shirts are strongly discouraged. Um, the superintendent, uh, Holland says, I understand what she is saying, but school is not the place to have all that. Y'all know political back and forth and upheaval. We're trying to be more neutral in the school and be advocates for all of our children and what they need. Yet to Herbert, these shirts aren't political messages. Allow my kid to express how his life matters. That's it, and that's all. A group of students and supporters protested outside of the elementary school with Ben holding a sign that read education, not discrimination. What are your thoughts on this? I am really... um so I feel some type of way throwing children into the fray, right? Do I think children need to be aware of what's going on? Yes. Do I think that Black Lives Matter is a political statement? It is not. Do I think the school should be yielding to pressure of people that are intimidated by the word black? Hell no. Uh, we're going to start this thing on Thursday called Spaces on Twitter. We're going to join Spaces and I want to move this into that category. I will make sure that this, this is something that we, that we cover at large and at length. But if you have thoughts on this tenure, these, these children spending the day in the principal's office for, for wearing a Black Lives Matter shirt, I want to hear from you. 844-Unmuted, 844-866-8833, Unmuted Nation on Twitter and Instagram. When we come back, we'll talk DMX, uh, the new album that he's got coming out, and his daughter is slated to be on it as well. I'll tell you all about that and whatever else I got time for. I'm running out 
out of it, okay? I'm here every single day, Monday through Friday. Make sure, if you have not done so already, that you share this feed, you share this channel, you share this app, you share this podcast, because that's how we grow, and that's what Unmuted Nation is all about. All right, that's going to do it for the nation today, but you know how this works. I'm back with you tomorrow right here on Boss FM Talk, UNR1, in your Boss FM app, live. Okay, so if you don't listen live, that's totally okay. I'm also available via podcast, okay? Anywhere a podcast is available, you can get Unmuted Nation. And if you can't, send us an email and let us know, all right? Go to the social media platforms, click email, let us know on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and I told you Thursday, tomorrow, I'll tell, tell you all about it. If you don't have Twitter, I'll at least tell you how to work Twitter, and then you can join us in spaces on Thursday night. It's going to be a little bit more raw than this, and I don't get, I don't know how this show gets any more raw, but I can guarantee you that's what's going to happen okay uh remember this is what i believe today is greater believe it speak it and live it you have to make the choice to be great every single day your situation is not your destination so go make it your motivation okay i'm out of here but i'm back tomorrow and i will see you at 1 p.m eastern all right i love you have a great day unmuted nation unmuted nation and the unmuted nation podcast are registered trademarks each show is broadcast and powered by boss fm for more information on the show podcast or advertising email show at unmutednation.com y'all heard